Crime does not pay. Really, gentlemen, you know by now that your recent uh, failure severely limits your operations in this city. You must, as the saying goes, lie low for a while. Okay, so what? You got any ideas? I, uh, if I say so myself, am the man you have been dreaming of. Keep talking. I fully intend to. Now then, working as I do in a firm of credit investigators, I am in a position to know which businessmen in this community are on the point of failing. Point one. Gotcha. Keep going. And if that were not sufficient to make me invaluable to you... I have an invention of my own. A means of setting any number of admirable bonfires with absolute safety. In fact, you can predetermine the time at which fire will strike. Point two. How can you possibly do without me, gentlemen? Without me and my brief candle. of good citizenship and law enforcement, we present Crime Does Not Pay, based on the famous Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer series of short subjects. In just a moment, you will hear The Celluloid Candle, starring Ralph Forbes. Does Not Pay, starring Ralph Forbes as Morgan Finchley in The Celluloid Candle. There are certain segments of organized crime, the underworld as we like to call it, whose functions in the vast and frightening structure of theft and death are purely service functions. Infamous Murder Incorporated was a segment like that. Their service was obvious in their name. And there are similar groups whose work run the gamut from stealing cars to arson and worse. Sparks Davis and Matches Andrews were a service organization. Their nicknames described their work. And both Sparks and Matches were very proud of their results. As they like to put it, Baby, when we blow them, they stay in pieces. <laughs> What's left of them? Any insurance company pays. Yeah, now spread the kerosene matches. That watchman will be back soon. Uh, we got 20 minutes yet. I plotted his route when we cased the joint. Yeah, but we don't want him caught in the sea. That could be a murder rap. You should have been a lawyer. You and your legal worries. What do we got a mouthpiece for? Okay, kerosene's done. <laughs> uh, I want to get out of here and out of this neighborhood. What do you think this place is going to make? Leather and high. Hey, what's the chances of a big noise? Huh? With all the dust that sticks around a joint like this, plenty. We do this right, they'll call it spontaneous combustion. They won't even look for nothing. Okay, then. Ready? Wait a minute, let me check. Uh, kerosene, you done. Yeah. I stuck the gasoline in the right places. Okay. Now, all we got to do is throw the match and then run like crazy. Good. On your mark. Get set. Go. She took good. Say you went. Just run. All right, all right. Slow down, slow down. 
want to cop the whole thing. Yeah, nobody around this time of night. Sure, so how will you explain running, huh? Use your head, you dope. Okay. Okay, we can wait here. Wait, a firebox? Why not? There she goes. Now it's my turn to have fun. You like to play with matches? Me, I love to pull at a alarm box. Okay, let's cram matches before the fire boys start whooping up the streets. Right. Hey, ain't that a pretty one, though? Three alarms, or I ain't no expert. And we'll collect on this one, sure. <laughs> This is John Harris, formerly of Harris Leathers. Oh, yeah, Harris. This is Sparks. What's cooking? You ready to pay off already? The insurance company is holding up payment on the suggestion of a fire marshal. His name is Horton, I've been told. Impossible. That place flew sky high. Yes, I know, but they found traces of kerosene. The fragments of a container which they say contained gasoline. They don't accuse me of arson directly, but their hints are broad enough. And I'm a ruined man, Davis. My creditors are hounding me. It was bad enough before the fire, but now you bungled it, Davis. Uh, such a yap. Trouble? Yeah. Yeah, the fire marshal. Anything point to us? Not unless Harris talks and he would dare. Uh... I'll see who that is, will you? Yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. What do you want? My name is Finchley. Morgan Finchley. May I see Mr. Davis, please? What do you want? My card. All everything. You want to see this guy, Spot? Huh? Um, Morgan Finchley, Credit Investigations. <laughs> Who gave me for a reference? Harris? Let him in. Okay. Come in, Mr. Finchley. He'll see you. Thank you. Good day, Mr. Davis. Is it? Sit down. What's on your mind? For you, Mr. Davis, and your associate, it may turn out to be a very good day. That's so? Keep going. An acquaintance of yours happens to be an acquaintance of mine. He referred me to you, as I happen to be interested in your line of business. What's his name? Harris. John Harris. What did he tell you? Ah, I see from your tone that he's told you your recent attempt for him has failed. Am I getting to the point, Mr. Finchley? I shall, very shortly. You want to fire someplace? We work for 50%. Really, my friend, you are rather dense. Save the insult. Maybe I ought to throw you downstairs. Uh, Mr. Davis, kindly restrain your over-eager friend here. Let him talk, Manchester. Yeah, he sure has a big mind. All right, get it over with Finchley. We're busy. Really, gentlemen. You know by now that your recent uh, failure severely limits your operations in this city. You must, as the saying goes, lie low for a while. Okay, so what? You got any ideas? I, uh, well, if I say so myself... And the man you have been dreaming of. If you say so yourself. Anybody else say so? You will, my good man, if you care to listen for a moment. Keep talking. I fully intend to. Now then, working as I do in a firm of credit investigators, I am in a position to know which businessmen in this community are on the point of uh, failing. Point one. Uh Uh-huh. I got you. Keep going. 
And if that were not sufficient to make me invaluable to you, I have an invention of my own. A means of setting any number of admirable bonfires with absolute safety. In fact, you can predetermine the time at which fire will strike. Point two. How can you possibly do without me, gentlemen? Or without me and my brief candle? Brief candle, eh? This is a lot of talk. That candle gag's no good. That's where you are wrong. My candle is perfect for the purpose. You can't tell how long it'll burn. You set up an alibi, boom. Candle burns too fast, you're out of luck. Uh-huh. But mine are made up from a special formula of my own. So much candle, so many minutes. I have them marked. Graduated like a measuring cup in half hours, and they never fail. You, uh, you got a sample? I'm not selling candles. I'm uh, offering a partnership. You got a gall. Our business, he tries to muscle in on, and he offers us a partnership. Mr. Davis? I'm still listening. I cannot be associated in any way with prospective uh, clients. That part I need you for. The approach, the making of the deal, part of the execution. You need me for the information on prospects to which I have access and for my candle. I suggest a three-way split, gentlemen. You got a deal. When do we start? (laughs) At once, gentlemen, at once. I have here a list of companies whose credit is melting away. A little heat applied in the proper manner will benefit everyone. good man? Who else? Shoot. Our first order is confirmed. Will you and Matches be good enough to meet me at nine tonight at the corner of Grant and South 10th Street? We shall, I believe, spend the delightful evening. for one evening's work. Three evenly distributed piles of green, green fill. <laughs> he likes money. He's human after all. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't we all? <laughs> I, I trust you have observed the promptitude of the insurance company, mute witness to the security provided by my method of setting a fire. Why don't you get it patented? Uh, your sarcasm is both heavy-handed and misplaced, my friend. As long as I alone retain the secret of the measured candles, I need no further protection. Do I, gentlemen? Okay, Finch, you call this meeting. What do you want? Let us call this the semi-annual meeting of our board of directors, Sparks, shall we? Call it anything you want. Only get it over with. Oh, matches, matches. Always impatient. Always. Shall we call the meeting to order? What's on your mind, Finch? Uh, We've been uh, together now uh, for six months. Am I correct? Yeah, just about. Each of us has rather a decent bank balance. 
threat? So what? There any reason to drag us out to the middle of no place because you want to have a meeting by candlelight? I selected this abandoned building in a secluded section as a particularly appropriate setting for what I have in mind. I don't like the smell of this. Nor would you like the substance, Sparks, my friend. You see, we have all grown wealthy on the information and the method I have supplied. I think it is true that without me, you would no longer be operating. Now he's taking vows. From now on, I'm taking more than vows, gentlemen. From now on, I'm taking half the income. You two may split the other half any way you choose. What? You think we'll let you get away with that? You have no choice, gentlemen. I have just elected myself majority stockholder and chairman of the board. Although I doubt if the Wall Street Journal will make mention of the fact. Now I am going to bust you and right in a snook. I have grave doubts about that, Matthew. So you play with guns, too? Why not? Only I'm not playing. I'm quite serious. Put the heater away, Finch. You can't get away with this. Can't I? May I point out that the candle on the table is one of my own. It is a three-hour candle. Three hours from now, I shall be quietly ensconced in my bed after a stop at a nearby tea shop and a brief conversation with my landlady when I arrive home. You two, unless you promise to behave, will be here. All right, get a magic with pleasure. You see, Sparks? I'm quite, quite serious. Just let me get my hands on you. Naturally not. And since you are the only witness to the death of poor, stupid matches... <laughs> quite neat. Now, a few sheets of celluloid. Thus. And then, on my way. Do your work, little candle, gleaming so brightly in this dark, dark world. <laughs> in just a moment, Crime Does Not Pay will continue with The Celluloid Candle. we continue with Crime Does Not Pay, starring Ralph Forbes as Morgan Finchley in The Celluloid Candle. It would, of course, be pleasant to report that Morgan Finchley walked out of his meeting with the unfortunate sparks and matches directly into the arms of the proper authorities. But such was not the case. His candle did its work. By the time the fire department arrived, the old frame building was beyond saving. Sparks and matches were unidentifiable in the smoldering ruins. Morgan Finchley was on his own, and he operated accordingly. Uh, Mr. Darlington, I am a credit investigator. Yes, uh, so your card informed me. Therefore, I am in a position to know the financial status of many businessmen. Obviously. 
But what you have to do with me, I hardly see. I think you do see, Mr. Arlington. Darlington Mills are on the verge of bankruptcy. What are you driving at, Finchley? I have the means to rescue you from your predicament, Mr. Darlington. <laughs> then you're a genius. In some respects, yes. You see, I happen to know that you are rather heavily insured. Higher insurance, Mr. Darlington. Ridiculous. You'd never get away with it. Perhaps you, um, you have heard of the Union Shirt Factory, the stateside chemical company, the master tailor clothing plant. You set those fires? Oh, let's not be crudely direct, Mr. Darlington. Let us say, rather, that I was part of the modus operandi which enabled those companies to collect sufficient insurance to get back on their feet. Well, if you did that, you are a genius. I consider myself rather a benefactor of humanity, Mr. Darlington. You see, without my efforts, many people would now be out of work. As is, they're all gainfully employed. And <laughs> well, many small boys have been delighted to see the engines roll and watch the firemen at their work. <laughs> You're a rascal, Finchley. But I think we may be able to do business. <laughs> Gentlemen, I see no cause for this summary treatment. Why have I been brought here? I'm the fire marshal, Darlington. Horton's the name. This is Sergeant Newell, homicide detail. How do you do, Mr. Darlington? Yes, how do you do? I'd still like to know why... Why we sent a radio car for you. Yes, I'm a busy man. A new site for my factory. I must see the insurance company. I see, yes, the insurance. Well, it won't be paid just yet, Mr. Darlington. I've requested the company to withhold payment. You've exceeded your authority. Have I? When my men searching the remains of your plant found the main sprinkler valve intact and closed, Mr. Darlington. I don't quite follow. I think you do. I think you know that whoever set that fire for you closed that valve before the incendiary material went off. I had no such idea. I... And perhaps you had no idea, Darlington, that a fireman was killed inside your factory. What? I, I had no idea. And the fact was kept out of the newspapers at the request of homicide. A death caused by a fire of incendiary origin, Darlington, changes the charge from arson to murder. That's why you're here? That's why you're here, too. But but this is... It's ridiculous. I wasn't even near the place. I... You think we're complete fools, Darlington? But why me? Because you were on the edge of ruin, Darlington. This we know. It's more than arson now. It's murder. Now, if you tell us, we might let you plead to an attempt to defraud. If not, you'll face arson and conspiracy charges. And the murder charge. Now, who set that fire for you? We'll find out anyway, Darlington, so you'd better talk. You mean business talk or we book you for murder? Now stop stalling. You're caught and you know it. All right, gentlemen. I'll talk. Will you repeat what you're going to say to a stenographer? Yes. Yes, of course. All right, start talking. His name is Morgan Finchley. He works for a credit firm. Which one? I don't know. Undoubtedly an alias, anyway. All right, Darlington, go on. Well, he made an offer... He knew how close to the edge I was. And, heaven help me, I took the offer. It looked like a way out. I, I never thought anyone would get hurt. That's what they all say. They never thought. Can you identify this man? If, if I ever see him again, I... I hope you will. I sincerely hope you will. Meanwhile, you'll be watched, Darlington. If he attempts to contact you, let me know and we'll tell you what to do. Is that all? Except that I have to go to that fireman's funeral. That's all for now. Uh -huh.
a neat proposition, isn't it, Mr. Lowry? Very neat indeed, and apparently no risk on my part. Precisely. Are we in business together, Mr. Lowry? You want half the insurance? Yeah, that's my usual price for my uh, services and, uh, and silence, Mr. Lowry. All right, Finchley, but work quickly. My creditors are closing in fast. So, sprinkler turned off. Windows just right for a good draft. Candle and celluloid protected from the open window. And all these inflammables. Lovely, lovely, just lovely. Now, Small candle flame in the gloom. How pretty. To paraphrase the bard, burn, burn, brief candle, life's but a walking shadow. A poor player that struts and sets his hour upon the stage and then burns no more. <laughs> it is a tale told by an idiot full of sound and fury, signifying nothing. On your way, Morgan Finchley. <laughs> I wonder what Poro matches with the thought of my uh, erudition. Just a moment, you. Are you addressing me, officer? I am. What are you doing in this neighborhood this time of night? Why, oh, just. Oh, this has been a pastime of mine for years. I enjoy wandering about the factory districts at night when they're deserted. Oh, you do, do you? And how do I know you didn't come out of, uh, say, the Lowry warehouse just before I turned the corner? Oh, this is preposterous. I'm a respectable citizen. I will not be treated like a common criminal. Sorry, mister. We got orders. Pick up everyone. Vagrancy charges. Too much burglary hereabouts recently. Come along quietly now. I demand the jailer. I demand to know what I'm held for. A citizen has a right to know the charge placed against him. Jailer! Jailer! All right, quiet, you. Quiet. I've never been treated like this in my life. My pockets emptied, incarcerated, ignored... Makes me the third degree. Well, at long last. At long last indeed. This way. Where's my property? You'll see Sergeant Newell. Is that the red-faced person behind the desk? You'll find out. Save the conversation. In here. You the man they picked up at South and John Street? I am. Booked under the name of Marvin Forster? I am, and I demand... My name is know. Newell, Sergeant Homicide. This is Fire Marshal Horton. <laughs> well, I am honored, gentlemen. Are you? I'm afraid I do not understand your attitude, gentlemen. I am a respectable citizen. Who oh. set fire to the Lowry Warehouse tonight? The Lowry? Oh, oh. The place your good policeman accused me of uh, uh, breaking and entering. It caught fire less than one hour after you were picked up. But in that case, I was safely in your very strong jail, gentlemen. Save it, Finchley. 
Are you addressing me, sir? Definitely. Your hotel key was in your pocket. We searched your room with a warrant. We found you'd registered under Morgan Finchley, but you gave us a different name. And we found... Tell him, Marshal. We found a supply of sheet celluloid and a dozen candles with tie markings on them. We've got you, Finchley. We had you in our pocket, Finchley, by accident, but we had you. The general pickup order paid off. You can't prove anything. It's all circumstantial. We've got Lowry, too. He'll identify if he knows what's good for him. And your old friend Darlington has already had a look at you. He knows you. Knows you well enough to put the finger on you for murder. I'm being framed. That's it. I'm being framed. I can't get away with it. You'll pay for this. All of you. You can't do this. Oh, shut up, will you? You're done and you know it. Now throw him back in his cell and take away his tie, belt, and shoelaces. This is one arson bug who's really going to burn. Ralph Forbes, who will start as Morgan Finchley in The Celluloid Candle, will be back with you in just a moment. Now here in person is Ralph Forbes. Men like Morgan Finchley could not operate unless so-called honest citizens, in moments of weakness or worse, decide to make use of their nefarious skills. Think about this a moment. Think of the losses involved to every one of us in property, self-respect, and the added taxes demanded for increased law enforcement. Think of it this way. And you'll see that for everyone, everywhere, not merely the criminal, crime does not pay. Thank you, Mr. Forbes. Crime Does Not Pay is written by Ira Marion and directed by Mark D. Loeb, with music composed and conducted by John Gart. Technical advisor is Burton B. Turkus. The events, characters, and names used in the story you've just heard are fictitious. Any similarity is purely coincidental. This is Bob Williams speaking. Mm-hmm.